Today I want to talk to you about the most important issue of our heart. And can anybody guess what's the most important issue? It's the most important thing that is in our hearts. Everybody knows it, but nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> there you go. It's money. It's money. Uh, surprisingly, uh, you know, none of us, like at least when I was growing up, I never thought money was a heart issue. Right? But I think money is the biggest heart issues that all of us struggle all the time. And that's why God is interested in how we handle our finances. God doesn't need our money. God definitely doesn't need our money. He can do whatever he wants without using our finances. But the reason why he's so particular in in really looking at how we deal with our finances is because our heart is connected to our wallet. No? <laughs> I'm talking to working people, okay? Like, you know, college people, yeah, your hearts are connected to, you know, you know what I mean. But as you begin to take responsibilities, right, as you begin to start earning, we realize that our heart is connected to our wallet. As our bank balance increases, decreases, our emotions goes up and down. And do you feel me? Right? As, as salary comes, the day salary comes, we are, wow, excited. This is the joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And then, and then in the, you know, as, as the month is about to end, you are sowing in, <laughs> sowing in tears. <laughs> yeah? You are apprehensive. Wondering what is going to happen. Uh, so I just want to say, God is very interested in how we handle our finances. If you look at Jesus and his teaching, you will see most of his teaching was on money. His parables were, there are so many parables about money. And we don't talk about money in the church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to sh show you one example. It's in Luke chapter 12, verse 16. This is Jesus. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all, all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. See guys, let me begin by saying this. Money is not the issue. Having a lot of money is also not the issue. You can have less money. You can have more money. It's not the volume of money. The issue is a heart, uh, a heart towards the money. This verse is misinterpreted so many times, which says in 1 Timothy 6.10, which says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah? 
But you know what? It is so misrepresented, like misinterpreted so badly. It is not the love of money. How we, are, how we have understood is the money is the root of all evil. And if you see, you know, today's movies, this is repeatedly programmed into our minds that money is the root of all evil. Who is, who is the villain? The rich guy. It's, it's just programmed to us, telling us that money is bad. But money is not bad. The Bible says it's the love of money. You can have little and still you have that issue because it's the love of money. It's not more money. It's the love of money. You know, I, I, I heard this in a sermon where the pastor said, Abraham had so much wealth, he had so much cattle and livestock that the kings were upset. They were like, we can't accommodate you. Please leave. You're taking too much of our space. The land is not able to produce as per, you know, how much cattle you have. Leave. And Abraham was known as righteous. Abraham was known as God's friend. God knew him as his friend. He was rich. He was extremely wealthy. Have you read the book of Job? There are specific numbers that says how wealthy Job was. 14,000 sheep. 14,000 sheep. Just think about the number. Why? 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 Is God so particular in mentioning those numbers? I'm just giving you one number because that's all that I remember. But why was God so particular in giving those numbers? Because he wants us to imagine. Just imagine how many people, how many shepherds do you need to take care of 14,000 sheep? And he had so much wealth. Yet he was known as a righteous person. King David, do you know the kind of gold? that he gave for the building of the temple. In today's term, it's valued more than a billion dollars. And he was known as a man after God's heart. But let's come to the New Covenant. Let's come to the New Testament. In the New Testament, you see Judas, who got corrupted by 30 silver coins. It's not really about the volume of money that corrupts us. It's that... There's a heart issue and when the money comes, it reveals what is already there. So money does not really corrupt you. Money just reveals what is already there. You already had this heart issue. Deal with it. Not the volume of money. It's the love of money. The love of money which is the root of all evil. And if you see around yourself, there's chaos, there's you know, economic depression and all of that. Why? Because people are scared. And because people are scared about tomorrow, they, they will hoard today. Right? And because they are holding on, they are holding on to it, other people are suffering. I remember during the second wave of COVID, people were stocking up oxygen cylinders and selling in the black market for such high prices. Why? Love of money. Love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. So how do you deal with such, you know, such lust for money? How do you deal with such greed? By giving. Say with me, how do you deal with it? By giving, by being generous. What is the greatest hindrance to your giving today? I just learned this, okay? So I'm just telling you. What is the greatest hindrance to your giving today? As a Christian, because we are taught to be generous. 
we all give. Do you know what is the greatest hindrance to your giving today? It's the last giving. Because every time you want to give right now, previous time you give becomes your greatest hindrance. Because you're like, why, why should I give? I just, last week I gave so much. I don't think I need to give. That becomes the greatest hindrance. Or you are like, last week I gave and, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. Why should I give now? Why should you give? Why giving is important? Because you and me are created in the image of God. And God loves to give. You, are, you and me are created in the image of God. And God loves to give. We give because giving is, our, is in our DNA. Generosity is in our DNA. I'm saying, look around. Look at what the Lord has built. Okay, mountains, trees, birds, everything. Everything that God has built gives. That's how he has designed us. It's just humans who have a, a problem in giving. And every time a pastor comes and talks about giving, you tag him as a prosperity preacher. Do you, do you realize the extent of the heart issue that we all carry? Giving is a problem. But that's how God created us to be. We are designed in his own image. And that's why Paul says, he says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, Acts 20, 35, okay? Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's a blessing to give. See, the problem is when, when we make, make it a formula that we want to give so that we can be blessed. I'm saying you are blessed, that's why you give. Don't, don't give to be, to, you know, to be blessed. Don't make that as a formula. Yes, you will be blessed, no doubt. But you give because you're blessed. You give because today you recognize how God has already blessed you. Today you recognize and you're grateful for all the blessings that God has blessed you. And then you give. Why? Because giving is a blessing. Giving is a blessing. It's in your DNA. That's how you're created. Just, just imagine. Just imagine with me. If the entire population in the world just starts giving. Like how God gives. Think about it. We won't have poverty. We won't have this class difference. My goodness, this world will be like heaven. Just by, just by becoming exactly like God in just one aspect. That is generosity. Amen? So, you understand why you should give? Why? Because you and me are created in the image of God and generosity is our DNA. Now, how should you give? How should you give? How to give? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. That is very important, guys. How should you give? As you have decided in his heart, right? Not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. See, we, we all know this, that God loves a cheerful giver. But how can you cheerfully give 
is when you prepare yourself beforehand in what you need to give and what you want to give. Otherwise, you will not be a cheerful giver. Today I speak this message and I take an offering. You'll all be like, oh man, today I have to give because <laughs> pastor is talking about giving. That's not cheerful giving. But when you prepare in your heart what you want to give, and then you're just waiting for that day. When, when does the offering time come? And I want to run, rush towards that offering box and give. That's cheerful giving because you have already set it in your heart what you want to give. Have you, uh, have you read the story of the alabaster jar, the lady with the alabaster jar, right? She comes to Jesus. She has this alabaster jar of perfume and she breaks it at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says that alabaster jar was worth a year's earning. Worth a year's earning, I'm just saying, okay? In, in our times, an IT professional at an average earns 5 lakhs per year. Imagine somebody coming to you and breaking a perfume worth 5 lakhs. It takes a lot of humility to sit there <laughs> and receive that. It takes a lot of humility. Why? Jesus could receive that because he's a king. He has the humility and he's secured in his identity. You know, it, didn't, it really didn't uh, cringe him. We, we, would have, we would have all been like Judas saying, Are, what is he doing, man? Sell it off. We can do something good with this. Why are you just breaking this jar? Do you know how much you can do with that money? Judas said this. She should have just sold the, sold the perfume and given it to the poor. Judas sounds the more spiritual, but you know what? He's not really concerned about the poor. You know, every time, every time I hear people say, man, how, how come he's driving such an expensive car? He should, he should just give it to the poor. Every time I hear that, it's not because they're concerned about the poor. Because Judas himself was stealing from the treasury of Jesus. They're not concerned about the poor. If you are concerned about the poor, do you have a broken laptop? Give it off. Do you have an old laptop? Do you use a phone? Give it off. Don't talk about what others should do. Think about what you should do. It's a heart issue and we cover it up. You know, it's, it's a heart issue. We feel jealous when somebody else is, you know, driving nice. Somebody else is living a good lifestyle that we want to. And then it's a heart issue that pricks us and we are like, that's unfair. He shouldn't be living like that. Preachers shouldn't drive good cars. <laughs> it's a heart issue. It's really a heart issue. To take a moment and say, you know, it's, it's a problem with me. I, why am I feeling jealous about this? People who are feeling jealous, listen to the last week's sermon. <laughs> it's, it's on comparison. Okay, so what's, what's, what's the thing here? 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. You have to decide in your heart. You have to decide in your heart. In South Korea, I went to one of the biggest churches. And one thing that I loved is the culture there. And one of the culture that really moved my heart is many people came there prepared to what they had to give. They were prepared. They already had envelopes in their pocket. They took out the envelope before the offering came. They prayed together. The couple would pray together and they would give. Why? They had prepared beforehand. You prepare it in your heart. 
you know, if, if today you and me were invited to meet the Prime Minister of India, would you go empty-handed? Would you go be like, oh, I need to give him something, so let me take out my wallet? You won't do that. If you know that you are meeting a royalty, you'll be prepared beforehand. Isn't that true? You'll be prepared beforehand. But you know, when you're driving down the road and somebody comes for charity, that is when you take out your wallet, you see what is there and you give. But somehow, why do we have that attitude in the church? Why do we give like that in the church? Don't you and me know that you're not giving to the pastor and the church, you're giving to the king. How should our attitude be? And that's why Paul is saying, hey, what you have set in your heart, set in your heart. And I want to encourage you, really encourage you. Forget about how, how you will be blessed by your giving. I'm saying, when you are coming into the presence of God and you want to give, you want to give your best, set in your heart. Be prepared. What else can we offer? Think about it. What else can we offer? Because when we are giving the money, we are basically offering our hearts. Do you know that? Jesus said your heart is where your treasure is. Where is our heart? It's in our bank balance. That's the truth. Let's just accept it. You want to give your heart? Give your money. Lord, I give you my heart. But <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't want to, you don't want to give up. It's just hypocrisy. I really want to encourage you guys. I really want to encourage you that when you come to church or, you know, you go, you go anywhere, you know, in a meeting or whatever, and you know that you, you're going to meet the king, you're going to encounter the king, and you are there to, you know, offer yourselves. Go prepared. Because if you go prepared financially, it will prepare you spiritually also. It will prepare you mentally also, emotionally as well. You're not just barging in, acha. What will the pastor say today? No. You're preparing yourself because you know the value of what the word is and you are there to receive what God has for you. With so much intention that even before the pastor starts speaking, you have received it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been talking to you the entire week and whatever the pastor is speaking now is a confirmation. That's why the Bible says, the Lord spoke once, but I heard it twice. You can hear twice what the Lord spoke once. We have to prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts, especially in giving, because that is where all of us, most of us at least, struggle. Can I show you something interesting? Mark chapter 12. We quote this so many times. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Just imagine that scene. Jesus is sitting right opposite to the treasury and he's watching everybody putting money into the offering box. Next time, I think I'm going to do that. Every time you're going to put money into the offering box, I'm going to check. So weird, but Jesus is doing that. And, and look at this. Many rich people put in large sums and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which makes a penny. 
and he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. She given everything. And we love this verse. We love this passage. We're like, yoo-hoo! Because she gave in everything. But let me ask you something. Did Jesus know that she was giving out of poverty? Did Jesus know that? Then why didn't Jesus stop her and say, hey, it's okay. You know, I am I'm the son of God. Don't give. Go back. Why didn't Jesus stop him? Because that's how we behave in churches. Right? <laughs> Couldn't Jesus have said, hey, you know what? I'm the son of God. I received it. I understand your heart. Just leave. It's okay. Take, take those two coins. He could have said that. But why didn't he do that? Because it's a blessing to give. It's a blessing to give. And Jesus did not want to be a hindrance to the blessing that she was already partaking of. I really want to challenge you guys. Really want to challenge you in reflecting in your life on how you give. Because how you give signifies who is the source of that money. Is your salary your source today? Is your business your source today? Is your boss your source today? The company that you're working for, the school, the, the students, is that your source today or is God your source? Because every time you're giving, you're basically saying, God, I just acknowledge that you are my source and I acknowledge that it is you who is blessing me, not my company, not my offices, not my work, and not my intelligence, not my career. It's you. That's why, you know, when you talk about tithe, it's, we, the Bible never says give your tithe. It says return your tithes. Because tithes already belong to him. You know, in my business, I always consider God to be my business partner. God is my business partner. But he just wants 10% of everything that comes in. Just 10%. What an amazing deal. When I'm struggling through business and I don't get clients, I say, God, you're my business partner. Come on, bring people. What an amazing deal. So what does our giving signify? That God is our source. God is our source. I love what God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Do you know the context of this passage? The context is that Abraham just returned his tithes to the priest Melchizedek who Melchizedek represents Jesus, okay? Melchizedek is a priest and a king who has no genealogy. And Abraham comes to him and he, you know, returns his tithe. And straight after that, God says, comes to him in a vision, says, Fear not, Abraham. Fear not, for I am your shield. 
I am your exceedingly great reward. I love this version which says, I am your inheritance. And you know, it that has stayed with me all the time. And I, you know, when I see my bank balance dropping and I have a lot of bills to pay, I keep on proclaiming that, Lord, you said you are my inheritance. Lord, you said you are my prosperity today. I, I know, I know in the past, a lot of abuse has happened using the word prosperity. I, I get that and I empathize with that. Okay, and I've been there. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, today, can Jesus be your prosperity? Can Jesus be your inheritance? Can, can we ask God to be the source of our life? And can we prove our faith to him by giving? Because faith without action is dead. So when you are giving, you're basically saying, I'm taking the step of faith. I'm, I'm doing this because I want to believe and I believe that God is my source. You know, this, this sermon is less about money, more about heart. You have to get that. It's more about the heart. So if this message resonates with you, give. If this message resonates with you, but you're still struggling, you're still struggling to believe, still give. Because as you give, I'm telling you, you'll start believing. Because faith comes with action. You're struggling? Take action. And see how God comes through. Amen? Come on, let's close our eyes. Father, we just surrender. We just surrender. And we just proclaim this over our lives. Father, that you are our source. <laughs> you, not just our source of finances, but our source of everything that we have. Our emotions, our physical well-being, our mental well-being. Everything that we have, Father, you are our source. And today, Father, we just take this opportunity that we can give to you just to proclaim, saying, Father, you are our source and we trust in you. We trust in you. Father, take us to a place. Take us to a place in our hearts where we can completely trust in you, not on our finances, not on our intelligence, not in the company that we work, but we can trust in you. Like you told Abraham, Father, we just declare this over our lives that you are our inheritance. You are our inheritance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.